0: Hello, and a warm welcome to this Master Investor Monthly mashup, a name bravely suggested by Jonathan Davis, the author, investor, podcaster, editor of the Investment Trust's handbook, my partner in crime in these podcasts. And Jonathan, I reckon you're evil and that you chose the alliterative title, A, just to see if I could say alliterative, or B, if I could say Master Investor Monthly mash up and see if I had my teeth in which obviously I don't today
1: well uh, of course I was trying to uh, catch you out now of course I wouldn't dream of doing that uh, I'm not sure I'd be any much better at uh, getting the words out of my mouth either but uh, I thought it was a good uh, you know good representation of what we're trying to do here which is to uh, you know pick up on some uh, serious things and pick up on some not so serious things and put them in the pot and see what comes out
0: well, in terms of what's coming out, we are fast approaching May. In fact, many people will be watching this the first week of May. And there is that ancient trading strategy, sell in May and go away. So the idea was, I think, that you you, you sold everything. You had a lovely summer basking in the profits from your portfolio. And then you started all again in October. But I think the last three years, people are just selling selling going away so yeah i think we can put maybe that trading strategy to bed the sell in may
1: well it's interesting one that because it is an old market uh at age as you say and certainly in in this country it all it, it was often associated with the big racing events of the year uh, you know the Derby and the St Leger and all that sort of thing, and the fact that in, back in the good old days—I mean, I which I'm talking about the kind of 19th century—you know, no, nobody did any work between uh, between May and, uh, and and the end of September. You know, Parliament didn't sit; uh, the Prime Minister went away, and you know Gladstone used to go away and chop trees and things like that, um and uh, or and go racing and do all those good things that one does. Um, but actually, I, I'm not so against it as a, as a market adage. I mean, it's difficult to prove statistically that it's uh, that it has any validity. Um, but I think it's got a little bit more of that. It certainly uh, often worked for me in the sense that um, uh, the things that have changed that in, in most recent years, there have been some number of crises in August in particular. I'm thinking back over sort of 20, 30 years. There's, there's quite often been uh, things that blow up in August uh, or Maybe September, and that kind of throws the markets into a kind of into a lather, um, and that uh, is often uh, a good time to get back into the equity markets at least. Um, but it, it's the other factor which I would think is relevant these days is that because of ISAs and and uh, you know the introduction of the ISA regime, a lot of people leave their decisions about when to put money into the market until the end of that financial year rather than the end of the calendar year, uh, and that sort of creates an effect. Which um, you know could encourage uh, quieter markets during the summer. So I actually think there's quite something in it. And uh, if you are an ice investor, then I think I mentioned this last time or the time before. It's actually quite a good idea to get your money in during the summer, particularly if it does there are signs of weakness in the markets, rather than leaving it to the last minute when prices will be often higher. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. I think I'll be spending this summer, or in 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 fact, the next month. I've got a wren nesting in my garden so there's part of my garden that i can't go anywhere near for a month so possibly that's what i will be spending the next month doing but i'm still recovering um from the master investor show in a really good way there was a really elegant buzz about the show this year i know we were all worried about it because we had to postpone it because of the the rail strikes um but we had a huge audience. We had some terrific panelists. And what I was getting a sense of was democratization, the democratization of asset classes, and the the free and willing dispensation of advice. Now, whether that's because we're in the golden age of the guru, where you're either taking advice, seeking advice, or giving, giving advice, I'm not sure. But I really felt as though people were and not necessarily to benefit themselves, but they were they were dispensing some really terrific advice.
1: It was a good event. It was very good to see so many people coming through the door. Um, I noticed that because uh, I was uh, had the first session of the day, and there were still people sort of coming in uh, while I was uh, had to set off. So, that, but that was good. There are lots of people, big turnout, lots of people to meet, lots of people to talk to about things that have been doing and saying. Uh, and some great speakers, as you say. Um, the only uh, uh, negative on my side was my own stupidity in blundering into a meeting, believing that I was the host of the meeting and being <laughs> discovering that I wasn't and uh, looking rather foolish as a result. But that uh, uh, that was uh, my <laughs> stupidity. But it was a very interesting session. Um, it was a kind of a panel session. And, and one of the questions that came up, which I thought was quite interesting was, a gentleman who said um if uh, he said when china invades taiwan should you panic early okay so this is an old another old kind of phrase you know it's better to panic early if you're going to panic panic early which is actually very good advice uh, for investors i think uh if you um uh, if you follow it if there's a a big kind of market blow up and you're not sure whether it's, it's really bad or not there's something to be said for um if, as I said, if you're going to panic, if you want you know, the first decision to sell, sell immediately rather than uh, sit around waiting to find out whether you should or you shouldn't, because if it is bad, then you've you've left it too long. Um, that's often been the case with specific sort of corporate blow up blow ups, you know, where a company suddenly comes out with a shock announcement. Um, it's often the right thing to do if that's a total shock to you to sell out. Um, but the key part, of course, the question that this question this gentleman asked very uh, interestingly was uh when china invades taiwan uh, and of course um we don't know when china is going to invade taiwan if you do know that china is going to invade taiwan then yes you definitely want to be panicking early because the markets already reflect that and it's very unlikely but you know the reason why i thought that was interesting because if you think back to the russian invasion of ukraine last year okay which came as a shock to many people um there were people who it later turned out that had warned exactly of the risk of this, even if it was a minority risk. But when it actually happened, if you would followed the advice of panicking early um, and you saw the implications, you would have been, uh, at least you would have uh, helped to minimize the losses that uh, many investors otherwise suffered. The problem with that approach, of course, you then have to decide when to get back in again. Um, but putting that on one side at the moment, uh, I thought it was an interesting interesting question and an interesting uh, thing to bring up uh, so that was a that was a, a good point for me
0: it that would have I wish that I'd um, blundered into that particular panel as well but I was probably hosting my own and I I hosted the alternative investments panel and um, there was cult wines there was mintus splint invest and basically these three companies allowed you to to own um in the the most real and loosest sense of the word, to own um, fine casks of whiskey, um, superior handbags, although I'm a rucksack girl myself, um, uh, warhols, fine wines. And it ranged from your um, minimum investment ranged from £50 to £1,000 to £30,000. And all these three chaps, um, none of them were um, English nationals. And I'm not being racist, but it was just interesting that it was um, three non-UK domiciled companies that were offering gateways into luxury goods, which I thought was very interesting. So I'm wondering if that sort of British reserve doesn't allow us to have anything similar. But very, very interesting. And yeah, I was... I was tempted with the um 50 pound investment into the delicious whiskies. It will take too long for me to explain, you know, exit strategies and the um the return on investment, but that was really good fun. In 15 minutes with three su- su- super guys, wasn't long enough,
1: yes. But there's it's a, that's an interesting point. What do you make? I mean, the uh, uh, it is true, I think, that one of the great things of the last uh, last 15 years since the global financial crisis has been people's recognition that there is a scope to invest in alternative types of asset, which they might not have considered before. The rich have always known about the uh, the value of investing in some of these alternative assets, because they can afford, you know, to lose money uh, on some of them, maybe. Um, I mean, the, the issue there, I think, for investors is, yes, you can improve, you know, diversify your holdings by investing in strange uh, Non-sort of listed equities or bonds or that kind of thing, non-financial assets. Um, but you have to be quite careful on the old small print. I mean, that's the that's the thing I think, which is the the, uh, the the message one has to give out. You've got to watch the small print very very carefully because, in you know, at the end of the day, whether it was you know timeshares or something like that, the, the, if it's unregulated or if it's uh, if it's regulated but the fees are not transparent, you've got to be quite careful uh, before you plunge in. And you need to be able to get your money out, as you say. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Very, very clear message. Um, uh, the, the wonderful man, David Swenson, who uh, manages the Yale uh, investment portfolio, pioneered the uh, argument that you need to look at investing in alternative assets as well. And of course, you can do that through investment trusts in some cases and also through some specialist funds. So yeah, that's interesting. Well, I'll um, I'd be happy to come around when, you, uh, when you've got your whiskey. It probably takes about uh, 10 years to go up in value. So uh, make a date in, uh, in whenever that is, 2033. Come round and sample your whiskey.
0: That would be very good indeed. Uh, but two out of three of those um, companies were FCA regulated. So it provides a, a little bit of um, comfort. Um, there, was, there was comfort for me towards the end of the show. I attended the last um, panel and it was filled with youth. And there was one chap, Michael Taylor, who's very young. He's become a bit of an investment guru on Twitter. His handle is at shifting shares, And he's another one who dispenses um, of really good common sense advice in a very sort of harmonious, um, easily digestible way. So I'd been following him for quite some time. And it was the first time that I'd heard him speak. And I had an epiphany. And at the end of the the panel, I went up to him and I said, "Do you live in Seaton Carew in Hartlepool?" And he said, "Yes." I said, "Is your house near the uh, Staincliffe Hotel?" And he said, "Yes." And I was really mean because he seemed to think that I was some sort of linguistic guru who could pin, pinpoint with um, you know postcode accuracy where everybody was f- from. But what I <laughs> what I didn't tell him was that I'd worked as a barmaid in one of the um, hostelries at Seaton Carew. And I think when he was younger, him and his mates, I think had tried to get in when they were underage and I hadn't forgotten him. And we're talking about, gosh, over a decade ago. I didn't tell him that. I didn't tell him that I knew him from his past. Um, but So this guy has gone home and saying that this this woman just knew where I was from from my accent but she i been,
1: actually she's been story, she's been stalking you <laughs> so that's, really, Double, that's you're a naughty person you but in fact yeah okay well that's an extraordinary story that's fascinating i mean it's one thing to um you know these people who plot where elon Musk's plane is flying uh which I mean, you probably can you know if you had access to some uh you know you could track his movements but that is that's an extraordinary story yeah well i'm uh i'm very glad you went around when i was uh, trying to get a drink back in the day but that would have been well before your time so <laughs> what a great story well those those are the kind of stories that you get out of uh, out of meetings like master investor and they're uh, they make them memorable as you say so well done you that was brilliant
0: well, i must admit um i will be reviewing the, the video the recording of that final panel of the of um of the day because michael taylor gave some Cracking advice about how to maximise ISA returns. And it was all to do with timing, how much you could transfer across. And um, so he he's he's really good. And another of the panellists was saying she would love to be mentored, but it feels as though that the youth are mentoring us at the moment. I mean, I know you and I are not old, but that, that panel was uh, superb. But, you know, you and I were hosting, so we didn't get to see everything. But the videos are um, coming out. So, um, May, it's the coronation. Do you think anything's going to be, you know, occurring or will everyone be just, you know, sort of, will it be passive investment across all asset classes whilst we just put our feet up and attend the street parties for the coronation?
1: Um, I it would be interesting to see what kind of turnout there is. Um, we know that the, uh, the royal family has been much in the news recently. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, if all publicity is good publicity or all news is good news, um, uh, if you believe that, which obviously the royal family doesn't, but if you do believe that, then uh, uh, there'll certainly be a lot of interest in the coronation. And I'm sure, I suspect there'll be quite a good turnout because it's been, you know, a pretty miserable winter and uh, it wasn't a great year last year for various reasons and uh, people always like a party as you say so um uh whether or not you're a monarchist uh, i'm sure there will be people who who want to watch the the pageantry which we're still quite good at i think uh and um as you say any excuse for a party uh, meet those neighbors who you had uh, two years not being able to meet so uh, uh, i think it'll be uh, i'm sure it'll be a fun day um I hope it's, the weather improves from where it's been recently. <laughs> it would be miserable to have it, you know, melting down with rain, but, uh, no, I think it's going to be good. I shall be, uh, I shall be doing that. I'll be watching it. And, uh, I will be, um, hopefully having a glass or something, uh, not so long afterwards. And, uh, because it's on a Saturday, I mean, it's not going to, it's not as if people are taking an extra day off because of the coronation itself. There is the, uh, the Bank holiday coming up anyway, but, um, Uh, yeah let's let's see how it goes and uh, you know probably good that uh, you know whatever your views again probably good that Meghan isn't coming because that would be a kind of bit of become a bit of a sideshow I think I'm sure there'll be a Prince Harry sideshow as well Um, but uh, you know that's uh, that's another story
0: yeah and like you say I think it is dependent on the weather because it's a bit chilly at the moment and if it doesn't warm up I'll be getting in that Nest with the wren, it is a thing of beauty. So I've, they've got oak leaves. It's like a lattice work, and they've sort of created a, an a, an ascending burrow. It's absolutely brilliant. And when I had to go out to um, my drains were blocked. I had to to sort that out, and I I could see the wren was watching me, but I kept my back turned to to her um so that i, I thought
1: you had a cat though i thought you had a cat isn't that a bit of a i do a
0: yeah a... but the cat's going blind so um
1: okay think, so the wrens i think the wren's okay freedom <laughs> day for wrens in your garden okay that's that's fantastic good exactly. well, that...
0: <laughs> so um so it's a very quickly so may um we've got the coronation hopefully there won't be a side show it's kind of boring now i i don't think you know i think harry's played his um tomfoolery out actually on the the public stage but you know what what might do you think it's gonna be a quiet month i'm getting a, a sense in my in my waters that it might be a quiet month unless china invades taiwan
1: yes that's always possible yeah <laughs> there is a, another kind of rather dull kind of issue which is the uh, The American debt ceiling. Remember a few years ago, we had this sort of drama about the debt ceiling of the the US government had to shut down because it couldn't or parts of it did because they couldn't, uh, It didn't have the capacity to issue any more debt. And uh, while whatever happens in May or the whole kind of seasonal thing, that is a big issue lurking behind the financial markets still, not just the US, but the UK government as well and many other uh, countries in Europe. The the question of what happens to their debt is uh, you know how much debt we've got and how much it's going to constrain us from doing the things that uh, we might like as uh, as as voters or as governments. Uh, that I think is going to be one of the big stories of this year and next year and the one after. But that's all for another day. And uh, I think uh, yeah, May. Well, if it's dull, I don't mind dull.
0: Yeah, I agree. But you've left us on a cliffhanger, but to be discussed in a month's time. And let's see if I can say Master Investor Monthly Mashup without grinning inanely like my cat. Thank you very much, Jonathan. It's always a pleasure and take care.
1: My pleasure too. This
0: podcast was brought to you by Master Investor. For more investment and economics analysis, please visit masterinvestor.co.uk.